Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. NBA fans, welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight are Joel and Jawan. What's up, Joel? What's good, my brother? Uh, pretty good, man. How about yourself? I don't know, a lot of running around today, so, you know, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear you, brother, I hear you. Uh, how was your Labor Day, man? Good, actually. Not bad. Just relaxing. Nice. Good to hear. Juwan, what's up, man? What's going on? Uh, nothing much, man. Just ready to talk some NBA. You have a good Labor Day weekend? Absolutely did. Slept right through it. <laughs> nice. Well, I got to go to Dragon Con on Sunday, my first con. Um, dude, it was, it, was, it was pretty fucking awesome, I must say. Um Dressed up as Sean from SLC Punk. Joanne, I know you've never seen that. Uh, but, Joel, I figure maybe you have seen SLC Punk. Uh, no, I don't. It doesn't sound familiar to me. Ah. Uh, SLC Punk. It, I'm not, not sure. It's, it's like a cold classic from 98. Um, it's, it's kind of uh, in the same uh, realm of movies as, like, The Big Lebowski and uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So maybe a little off the oh, beaten okay. path for, for your speed. But um, I don't know. I thought you might have seen it in passing at some at some point. I know Jawan's never I, seen that shit, though. Jawan's like, I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is an SLC punk. Like, <laughs> um, I've only, of the three movies, I've only seen Fear and Loathing. Uh, I still haven't seen Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got we to gotta do something about that, man. But yeah, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, the con was, was excellent. Uh Next year, uh, Jay and I hope to be there um, representing Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, very, very much so. Uh, we got the website up and going now. Uh, we got big things on the horizon, and that'll be one of the things that, uh, one of the perks that come with all the hard work that all of us have, have put into this. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that'll be cool, uh, when we get that, uh, set up next year and, uh, you know, get us, get us a booth set up or something and, uh, spread the word, uh, throughout the, uh, Metro Atlanta community. Um, but anyway, in the meantime, let's jump into some NBA news. Uh, let's start off with none other than Ryan Anderson has finally been dealt 
The Rockets were finally able to find a suitor for Ryan Anderson. They traded him along with DeAnthony Melton to the Phoenix Suns in exchange for Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris. Um, I was I was really surprised about like when I heard this deal. I was expecting you know, like a pick to be involved, and then there was no pick. And you know I was just like, damn man, like that's, that's kind of a weird deal. Um, but then again, uh, you know Brandon Knight is you know obviously coming off of an ACL injury. Um, he, he's definitely not the not a point guard, uh, you know that they that they really need nor want. Uh, and you know Marquise Chris has just never quite worked out um, in Phoenix. He's just always kind of been um, that you know that guy who who has a lot of potential but never can tie together you know more than one or two good games in a row. Uh, and, you know, seemingly they could use Anderson, and there's even been reports that uh, he may potentially be a starter on that squad. De'Anthony Melton, uh, likewise, has a lot of potential. He's a he's a big guard. Uh, he projects to play both the one and the two. Um, I kind of see him as having um, maybe some Jordan Clarkson-esque potential down the road, uh, so maybe that could come in handy uh, for – um, the Suns, you know, later down the track. Uh, but, Joel, what were your thoughts when you heard this trade? And do you like it for um, either team, both teams, neither team? What's your take on it? Uh, my first reaction to it was, wow. Like, I didn't expect Ryan Anderson got moved. I was just shocked that it, someone <laughs> traded for Ryan Anderson. We've been trying to get him to go somewhere for a long time. And I think a lot of it had to mm-hmm. do with that Ryan Anderson didn't want to be there anymore. Uh, he wasn't being utilized, and I believe he's right. only uh, he only agreed. I mean, the only reason it worked out is because he he only has like 15 million guaranteed, so it actually came out to almost an even trade. Down at the end of the day, because the whole I forgot what happened. He said he he like sacrificed the, like the three or whatever so he can get traded or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it, I get it. He wants a role. Phoenix said they'll give him. At least so far, they said they'll give him a role. Uh, Phoenix isn't contending anytime soon, so he'll definitely find more minutes in Phoenix than he is in Houston. Um, will he start? Um, they said that there's definitely a possibility he might start there at the power forward position. Obviously, um, it really depends on what kind of style they want to play and if they want if they want to play defense. You know, it really comes down to that at the end of the day. Right. Um, but um, he's not a bad player. I never thought Ryan Anderson was a bad player. Just, he's not a, a starter because he can't defend long in long periods of time. He's a he's a specialist, so he's more of a, a better better off the bench as a big uh, as a stretch four because that's basically what he is. So um, and he's a good shooter, good rebounder for his size and everything. So I never dislike Ryan and he's just naturally slow. Is Phoenix right. a good spot for him? It's not it's not a terrible spot for him. They're they're going down the youth movement. Um, so I don't think it's terrible. Now, Houston got Brandon Knight back. If Brandon Knight is healthy, Brandon Knight was a good player at one point. You know, if people forget, he was decent. Uh, he was never right. a great player, but he was a decent point guard. I remember when they had – well, Phoenix used to be the, the home of the point guard. Now they have zero, like, good point guards. I mean, they have, like, journeymen or, or young guys. And now that's what they're looking for. They're out there trying to get a star. Um, their names are floating around to get a lot of big stuff. The problem is they have no, like, point guards to give back. So you have to give right. up one of your wings, which is possible that they can give up, like, a T.J. Warren or something like that to get something back. Yeah. Um, 
But obviously, if you're someone's giving up a point, like we were talking about earlier, well, I mean, we we will talk about later with Miami. But it's just it's a weird move, but I, I don't hate it because you know why not? That's really how my attitude towards it. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest thing to me is just that you you weren't able to get any sort of um, you know any any sort of draft consideration back. But like you said. You you know if you were to get that draft consideration back uh, from Houston, then maybe you know maybe they're not willing to take Brandon Knight. Maybe you have to give up T.J. Warren, and that doesn't necessarily help your cause as far as assets. You know, as far as asset mm-hmm. management, because um, I don't know. I think T.J. Warren with his his particular contract signed for four more years and the kind of um, six man potential that he holds. Um, you know, for either anywhere from, like, a really, really damn good team down to, like, you know, a, a, a you know fighting for a seventh or eighth seed team. Um, anybody could use C.J. Warren. So, just about. So, you know, I think potentially, like, that asset is more valuable than, you know, a late first-round pick from Houston. So, you know, I think Agreed. all in all, you know, it kind of makes sense. And I agree with you. I think I think T.J. Warren, if they – I mean, I could definitely see them offering up T.J. Warren in the Milwaukee pick for Kimball Walker. Now, whether that's enough to get Kimball Walker, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, that, that that's not a great package to get back for Kimball Walker, but Kimball Walker's on an expiring contract. You're not going to get a great package back for him. So no, even though not. it's not great, maybe that's the best package that you can get for him. So, um, you know, that's a distinct possibility. Um Interestingly enough, well, yeah, we we can we can shelve the Dragic conversation for when we when we pull that up later. Um, but I don't I don't know how I don't know how I would feel about that. Though it would be very interesting for him to go back to where he kind of made a name for himself uh, in Phoenix. So um, it's just man, he's 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 getting up there in age. I think he's like thirty three, thirty four years old now. Um, so that's you know that that'd be the big concern I guess as far as Dragas. But you know what? If you can if you can sell, uh, you know if you can sell high and then buy back at a reduced cost, you know well, I mean that's not the worst thing in the world. So um, right, right. I don't know. Maybe maybe there is some potential to that. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jawan, um, you know your thoughts on this uh, this Rockets. Suns deal and the Rockets finally being able to move Ryan Anderson. Uh, well, I never thought the Rockets would be able to move Ryan Anderson, so that was <laughs> definitely a shock. Um, but I do love that Phoenix is deciding to like. <laughs> it's funny, Phoenix is um, they're doing what I was trying to tell Joel I wanted to force the Knicks to do like like a year ago, and that's just like yeah. go all in, go all in, just whatever you can do to get the best possible talent, to, to try this to win, uh, like get in the playoffs, stuff like that. Um, Phoenix looks to be trying to be very aggressive in that approach. I mean, Nick, uh, before the draft, me and you had like the perfect scenario for Phoenix to rebuild themselves. Um, yeah, we did. And somehow, without doing any of those moves, they look to be um, at least trying to make themselves very competitive. Um, I mean, now all of it has to play out on the court. Um, We know that. But from the looks of it, they're trying to be super, super, super aggressive 
And I love that. I, I love it because it's a market that we kind of chopped up as being like a joke of a franchise uh, for, I want to say, since Nash left. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's one, of those things, it's one of those things where it's like, if we can get Phoenix playing good basketball, like, who knows? Maybe we can eventually in the next decade get Kings to play good basketball. <laughs> like, like, maybe that'll jumpstart everybody else. A boy can dream. So, absolutely, man. So, um, I mean, because if Suns start to get good, Kings start to get good, I mean, come on, Knicks and Hawks have to get good. Uh, we can't let Suns and, and Kings take over before we do. Um, no, Hawks yeah. were good for a while. <laughs> Not like the Hawks That's true. for a long time, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, that is that is true. That is true. That is true. I keep forgetting that, Nick. I keep forgetting those those heydays that you guys had like not that long ago. Um, oh yeah, yeah like the sixty win season. Yeah, that was pretty cool until we got swept yeah. by LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. But you know, listen, man, it's no shame. It's LeBron, man. Uh, That's true. But, it's very true. Uh, for the Rockets and Joel, I was like literally praising you as you were saying. A lot of people do forget um, that. Uh, Brandon Knight is a serviceable um, player. Like he's he's pretty good. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people all they remember of Brandon Knight is being dunked on and his soul being taken by DeAndre. Uh, but when he's healthy, he actually does offer a lot uh, to the team. So I, I'm really interested to see. I mean, I see because I believe the Rockets signed uh, Michael Carter Williams, right? Right. I do see uh, in training camp, I see them, if Brandon's healthy, I see them competing and one of them not making it to the the final cut. Um, I I don't see the need of having both Michael Carter-Williams, who's going to give you probably nothing, and Brandon Knight. He's coming off of an injury, so you have no idea if he's going to give you anything. No need to have both. Um, So, I mean, that's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top of that. But – I would definitely suggest Brandon Knight over Michael Carter Williams because at least you can get some offense from that guy. Um, but yeah, this this was something I wasn't I wasn't expecting. Uh, Ryan Anderson, like where does he sit now in in Phoenix? Um, you know, because you have Aiton, right? Uh, that's that's the kid they drafted. Yep. Um, yep. I guess Anderson takes a off the bench role, I guess. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't see how that works. He doesn't really give much. Um, but if you can get really good guard play and draw double teams, I mean, it's a guy that seems like he can knock down a consistent uh, corner three. So, I mean, he has value. It's just I, I don't know what much he's going to offer to that young team. Um, but I am really Corner threes, dude. He can drop 35 footers. Like, that dude can shoot the rock. Like, he's – that's the one thing he can do. That's all he can do, but that's the one thing he can do is shoot the rock. <laughs> Listen, man, do it so you can't anymore. That, that, that's, the, that's the Corver way, right? We, we see Corver yep. has nothing right. to add just shooting that ball up. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I'm really excited for what Phoenix is doing. Hopefully they can package it for, for a big name like, like a Kimball Walker. I don't know if I like the idea of Kimball Walker with um, Booker. I told you I've always wanted um, somebody that's a pass-friendly guard to be with yeah. to be with Booker. I don't need two ball-dominant guards. I mean, if right. that's the case, just don't trade for a point guard like Kimba and have Devin Booker come off the court. Um, so I, I'd prefer a pass-friendly guard to, to pair up with him. But, if I mean, listen, if Kimba's available and Charlotte's 
you know, willing to take whatever Phoenix is giving them for him, you, you make that trade. You don't deny it. But I will say you're going to probably have a Beal John Wall situation. And we see that wasn't the best of things last year. Uh, so, I mean, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out if that is the kind of player uh, like Lillard or, or um, Kimball Walker that they actually go after. It'd be interesting, the idea of the Suns possibly making an aggressive move like that and making the playoffs, that'd be something to talk about. So, yeah. it'd be, it'll be fun to see what they're able to do. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be real interesting to see how everything kind of plays out. They have a lot of moving parts, and they still have a few assets at their disposal. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting. Like I said, I don't um, – I don't like on, upon further examination. I don't necessarily dislike the trade for him. I just, I, um, I, I, I just can't believe they weren't able to get a little bit more for taking on Anderson's contract. Um, but like you said, Joel, uh, you know the fact that he was willing to shave off about you know five six million in guaranteed money next season um, certainly helps uh, because now you can waive him and not have to pay that five or six million. And if you know, Dragon Bender makes the necessarily necessary steps this season. Uh, that may be something that they look look to do. And you know, like you said, Joel, it's the same difference as if you were to have uh, Brandon Knight on your squad next year. So, so for for Phoenix, as far as your cap space next season, um, it doesn't it doesn't really hurt you all that much. In fact, you got DeAnthony Melton, who's cheaper than Marquise Chris. So, you know, I think this. I think this says two things, though. I think it says that they had completely given up on Marquise Chris because I don't feel like you make this trade if you hadn't. Um, and yeah, I think, sure. it, I think, it, yeah, I mean, and I, I think maybe that was a little premature, but obviously Bender's their guy. That's the guy that they want as their, you know, future power forward. Um, and Which I don't think crazy. they're necessarily, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't think they're necessarily incorrect in that. It's just like, it's just it seems early to give up on Chris to me. He's only had two seasons. He he doesn't have a very high basketball IQ, but you know it's it's kind of tough to develop a really high basketball IQ when you're constantly playing on teams that are trying to tank and you're playing with a bunch of guys. You're playing with like consecutive years with for the youngest team in the league. So it's really hard to expect a guy to develop when you're playing under these types of circumstances. Not everybody is Devin Booker. So, like, I don't know. I think, I think Marquise Chris, um, I, I'm, I'm optimistic that with a change of scenery and playing with guys like Harden and Capella and CP3, because, um, I mean, we, we've all, we all know the guy is an athlete. We all know he's got the athletic prowess to be a very, very, very good NBA player. I don't think he's ever going to be a great NBA player, um, I don't even think he's ever going to be like an all-star caliber player, but um, but that doesn't mean he can't be a very very good player and a very good contributor to a team. Um, you know, if if given the right circumstances, I could see him being like a Jerry and Grant type. You know, like a guy who just signed a thirty million dollar three year deal or twenty seven million dollar three year deal with OKC. Um, like having that kind of impact on a basketball court and. You know, like that's that has value in this league. Like it has actually a lot of value in this league. Um, somebody that you're not having to pay outrageous sums of money who can contribute, whether it be as a starter or coming off the bench. Like 
it seems interesting that they would give that up, especially considering they traded up to get him uh, not very long ago. So, you know, they, they traded, uh, what was it, like 13, uh, 21, and and Bogdan Bogdanovich to move up to take Marquise Chris, I believe. Um, so, granted, uh, <laughs> granted, Sacramento took uh, Georgianis Papianis or whatever the fuck his name oh. was. Uh, Pants, 13. Right? Oh, Lord. Yeah. Was it 13? Was oh, Lord. Yeah, it was bad. Um, who they have subsequently already cut from their roster. Um, yeah. But, uh, but nevertheless, like, for Houston, I think Marquise Chris is a good get. And I really I, – I think – I think the, the possibility of a Bazemore trade is still very much in play. I think the Hawks were very unwilling to take on Anderson's contract because of how much longer it was than um, than Bazemore's. I think, and I'm not necessarily expecting it to happen um, at, at all, really, as far as expecting it to happen, but I think it's more possible, um, and it may happen if it does down the road. It may not be like an immediate thing, but I think a, a Brandon Knight and Houston's first-rounder uh, for Ken Bazemore could certainly be enough to get that deal done. Um, namely because Brandon Knight is $7 million less than Bazemore over the next two years. Um, and if the Hawks get an additional first-round pick out of that deal, that's not a bad get for the Hawks, um, especially considering, too, that they are thin at point guard. You know, you have you just drafted Trey Young, but your backup is Jeremy Lin, who has not been healthy for like two seasons now. And, you know, if you could get uh, a guy like Brandon Knight um, just to kind of solidify that, that point guard position, seeing, you know, it's better to have two two kind of banged up dudes than than one banged up dude, um, just, just for depth reasons, you know. Um, and the Hawks obviously have more wings than they know what to do with. So, um, eight altogether, I believe, uh, maybe nine. Um, but regardless, I think that essentially, I think that deal is is more in play now than it was before this trade because Brandon Knight for um, for Bazemore works as far as you know the salary cap is concerned, and you know I, th- I think that the Hawks would be way more willing to take on that contract both what it provides positionally and as far as the cap relief that it provides. And I think Bazemore would be a huge help to that team. I think um, if you could move, essentially, if, if when you break all of this down, if you gave up Ryan Anderson, DeAnthony Melton, and a first-round pick, and you got back Kent Bazemore and Marquise Chris, I think you'd come out on top in that, in that situation. Um, considering both what you needed, what those two players provide, um, and the fact that you were able to move Ryan Anderson. Um, Joel, uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I think we covered most of everything, in my opinion. Um, I, I mean, I've said my piece. I, I just There's not much else to it. I, mean, <laughs> I yeah. do look. I didn't right. get to talk much about Marcus Chris, but I do like Marcus Chris. In, in that regard, I do think it was a win for Houston. In that, I think they kind of gave up on him a little bit early, but that's just my opinion. There's something about him I do like. He is kind of raw, though. But I think they can get it out. Of, they can get it out of him. Yeah, like I said, I think I think uh, playing with like better NBA talent and on a team that's trying to win, 
Yeah, it can go a long way for a guy who um, maybe struggles to learn the game of basketball, um, you know, to, to learn how to play the right way and things of that nature. He's got, he, he, like you said, he's real raw. He's got the, he's got the potential. Um, that potential just needs to be pushed in the right direction. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, man, that's, that's what I'm saying, man. Hey, I saw Marquise Chris play a couple games against my Hawks, um, where he, he just killed us like both on the boards and blocking shots. So he's, he's got the athletic ability, I'm telling you. Um, and like if, if you can pair him up with Capella and they can get like some defense going, um, and he can, he can step out and hit that, that corner three, um, He's not super consistent with it, but I think he could be, um, you know, especially if he got more wide open looks, the kind of looks that, you know, CP3 and James Harden I'm provide the green you. Light. Yep, exactly. That too. The kind, Yes. Uh, especially on that, that Dan Tony uh, system that, that'll also help, you know, as far as, you know, not, not having to worry about whether, whether or not you're allowed to shoot the rock there. Um, I mean, shit. They 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 allow Josh Smith to shoot the rock. Like if you allow Josh Smith to to shoot tr- trays like that, you definitely like you give Marquise Chris a, a few a few tries at it. Um, Juwan, uh, did you have anything to add in regards to uh, you know the my notion that I think the Rockets could potentially swap uh, Knight for Bazemore? Um, if they do, I think Bazemore would be uh, close to the trade deadline. Uh, I don't think it'll be yeah. anytime soon. Uh, I think <clears throat> I seem like the Rockets that can definitely use them. Uh, I think what they'll do is they'll try to see what the roster that they have looks like, um, and then like after All Star break, if they oh no no I'm sorry didn't they switch it? It's before All Star break now. Yeah, it is before All Star. Yeah. Break. Okay, so I'm sorry, I completely forgot. Um, so before All Star break, um, they'll they'll make that decision, and then from there they can go. You know, it's a piece we definitely need. My only issue with that, uh, Nick, is um, if they do wait, you run the risk of, like, 20-something other teams going, damn, we could really use a guy like Bazemore. Like, I still right. think Thunder could use a guy like Bazemore. I, even though they, they brought Paul George back, I still think they could use a guy like that um, who could play defense and shoot the three. Um, but you're going to run the risk of a bunch of other teams going, you know what? I think I might need a guy like that. <laughs> like, let me let me see what I can package up and, and, and get for them. And that offer that you were saying the Rockets could offer, who knows? A, a team might get desperate enough to offer something better, and now Rockets miss out on that. So it is something yeah. that uh, is going to be fun to watch because Baysmore this year, I do not see the season ending with him still being on the Hawks. He just can't. Like, come on. Come on now. Somebody it has seems, to pick this guy up. Yeah, it seems – it seems inevitable that he'll be he'll be moved. Um, it's just yeah. a question as up to as to when and where. Um, but yeah, no, you make a good point. Like, and that's the thing that the Hawks like. The Hawks have been fielding offers on him and kind of you know, I, I guess, toying with the idea, but they have not been actively searching to trade him. They're kind of playing coy with the situation. So I think that does two things. One. It, it potentially makes other teams like it makes them have to fish for offers, which you know other teams are going to get tired of that shit. They're not going to want to do it, um, so it can potentially backfire. But then again, it can potentially you know 
um, get you a more valuable trade down the line. So there is, you know, what I'm getting at is there's very much a chance that, you know, the the Rockets could say, hey, we'll give you, um, you know, we'll give you Brandon Knight and a first, and the Hawks are like, yeah, we don't want Brandon Knight, um, even with the first. You know, that's going to be the number, what, 27th overall pick at best. Uh, that ain't worth us swapping base for Brandon Knight. So, like, you know, there, there's obviously that potential too. So, but I do think, yeah, I think you're right. I think he'll be dealt. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, where he might go. Um, you know where I'd really like to see him, and I don't know. I haven't really pondered too much of how it would work out. I'd really like to see him in Utah. Um, I'd really like to see him on that squad yeah. just because they're they're already damn good defensively, and he could do so much as a six man for that team. Like you could put him, you could put him at the two when you want to play Donovan Mitchell at the one. Um, you could put him at the three when you want to um, play Rubio and Donovan Mitchell and rest. Uh, Joe Ingles, um, like there's a lot of versatility that he could offer that squad. Um, like I said, I don't know, I don't know what kind of package Utah could put together for him, but I think he would be damn good on that team. Like just his three point shooting ability, his defensive ability, his his kind of ability to guard across three different positions um, would be very very helpful to a team like that. I will say this uh, real quickly before we move on. I think Bazemore is the most valuable, highly overpaid asset in the NBA. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, no. Like, he is way overpaid. But out of all of the guys that got way overpaid in that, in that like, 2016 offseason, he's the most valuable of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think I put it this way. He's the only one that I think you could probably get a first rounder out of. Um, it wouldn't be a, a great first rounder; it'd be a late first rounder. But um, yeah, it'd be one of those. Yeah, like I mean, like I said, you may have to take back a contract like Brandon Knight, but um, but like yeah, it's not, it's not going to be it's not going to be a great one unless unless a team just gets really desperate down the stretch, which is possible. Um, but uh, but nevertheless, like. Um, you know, I I don't see anybody else, you know, drawing that kind of uh that kind of um uh assets. But anyway, let's move on. We got some Lakers news that dropped. Lakers have finally moved on from Luol Dang. Um they used a stretch provision on Dang who also agreed to leave seven point five million dollars of his thirty six point eight million dollars owed on the table. So essentially this is what happened. The Lakers waited until September to make this decision, um, so that way they could eat uh, the majority of of his, well, not the majority, but they could eat all of this year's contract, all of this season's deal. They could eat it all this season, and then stretch the last year of his deal out the final three three seasons. Um, and and that's how they used the stretch provision. Had they done the stretch provision before September? they would have had to stretch those two years out over five years. And so it would have, it would not have uh, accumulated them as much cap space as it did the way they ended up doing it. Um, I hope I explained that well enough without having any sort of charts. Um, I'm a very <laughs> visual learner. So uh, I'm like, 
thinking of like myself hearing that and being like, okay, carry the one, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm not sure about this. Um, but anyway, um, it's very interesting. And the fact that Dang was able, that was willing rather to leave $7.5 million on the table. Um, it, he, uh, basically, um, that provides the Lakers with the uh, added ability to shave uh, roughly $2 million off of each of the subsequent four seasons that they will be paying him, including this upcoming one. Uh, And so that basically means all of that being said, the Lakers are uh, only going to have to pay Luol Deng next year $5 million. He's only going to eat up $5 million of their salary cap. That essentially frees up – enough for them to pay a max player of any uh, stature. So they could pay a 10-year max, they could pay, um, and nothing gets higher than that. So they could even pay, say, a Kevin Durant um, on the unlikely um, chance that he decided to, to go uh, join LeBron in L.A. But uh, this is a remarkable fucking deal pulled off by Polinka. Uh, and Magic Johnson. Um, I put Polinka first because he seems to be more the numbers guy, um, and this is definitely a numbers thing. Um, but what a, what a way, like, the, the likelihood that they were going to be able to trade him, um, and, and even more so, if they were to trade him, it, it, even giving up just the first rounder, you probably weren't going to, that wasn't going to be enough for you to take back only expiring contracts. So the fact that they were able to finagle these numbers so that it is only costing them $15 million over the next three seasons and only $5 million next season, which is – that's the really important season because that's like – that next season is the year they need to go out and get that other max player. Um, so the fact that they were able to do that and free up that much cap space is brilliant, brilliant, like, money-working moves. Like, the Lakers just won free agency – in my humble opinion, by making this move. And it, it, it's like it doesn't really go into effect until next season, um, like the full benefit of it. Uh, but the fact that they were able to do this and the fact that, uh, you know, of course they were able to get LeBron and they were able to secure other free agents on one-year deals um, to keep their flexibility open going forward, um, I, to me that, that, that gives them the edge over any other team uh, in free agency, including the Warriors, uh, for signing DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, but that's just my humble opinion. Uh, Juwan, what were your thoughts on the Lakers finally being able to move on from Luau Dang and to do it in such um, economical fashion? Uh, let me say this as nice as I can say it. Uh, it really pissed me off. Because um, I'm like, wait, if the Lakers could get out of Dang. Why, do we <laughs> Why can't y'all get out of Noah? <laughs> <laughs> I do it Jeez, man. As soon as I heard that, I was just like, all right. So, like, I'm waiting for the Knicks to, like, say, hey, yeah, no, we we, we heard that and we raised you a joking Noah. Like, no, I'm, I'm still waiting for the other shoe to drop. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it's really good for the Lakers to get out of that. I, I definitely see Luol Deng uh, signing in one or two places, either Timberwolves to go back with Tom or um, – to go back to Miami, weirdly enough, I see him, uh, those two, those being two places for him to end up. Um, but I did think that it was interesting you said that they won free agency with uh, with moves like that because, as you were saying, I was just like, 
Warriors got DeMarcus Cousins, and they didn't need DeMarcus Cousins. <laughs> like, just like when they got Durant and didn't need Durant. So, I mean, I always look at True. what Golden State does, especially in, in that uh, in that regard, and I just go, how? How do we keep letting this happen? First Durant, now DeMarcus Cousins, it, it's insane. Um, but uh, but as far as we're all dang, it's, I, I don't know what kind of witchcraft they, they were able to – summon up to get that done and to get him to commit to taking, uh, I mean, to leaving money. That's always, like, the weirdest thing to me with players. Um, yeah, and, well, and here's the really weird thing about it. I Like, I could understand, like, someone leaving a little bit of money on the table to get to pick where they want to go, you know? Like, Carmelo Anthony, um, per, like, his whole trade, he agreed to leave um, essentially the veterans' minimum uh, on the table in the Atlanta Hawks buyout because he was going to go sign the veterans minimum uh, for Houston. So it wasn't like he really lost any money in that in that equation, but it did save the Hawks to like roughly $2.4 million. Um, but he took a $7.5 million buyout. There is no way he gets any more than a veterans minimum deal for the rest of his career. So in two years' time, he might make $5 million, and that's if he gets two, like, guaranteed veteran minimum deals. Um, but that's you're still leaving $2.5 million just floating out there on the table that you're never going to get back, unless, conspiracy theory, unless they have some under-the-table shit going on because Lord <laughs> knows I wouldn't put that past the motherfucking Lakers, dude. They fucking got Absolutely. money changing hands all over the place, man. I'm just saying. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely, hmm. man. Been but trying I mean, to that, fucking that court Paul to... George through the media and shit. Fucking. Anyway. Yeah, no, we, <laughs> know, ahead, how, we know how split the Lakers are. We know how split the Lakers are. I actually feel like Magic Johnson had been having that conversation with LeBron since he got in. Like, hey, man, you know you're coming here, right? And LeBron's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's a done deal. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean. But that goes to what the three of us always preach. If you can get your money, go get your money. Um, right. I mean, unless, yeah. like, unless, like, unless you're mellow and you getting your money means you're taking, like, all the cap space from the Knicks. And then in that case, <laughs> don't get your money. But anywhere else, go get your money. Um, because, I mean, it, it's hard to come by. A lot of these teams are not as um, loyal as some of these players t- uh, tend to be. So if you can go out there and I don't want to say swindle because, you know, mainly you deserve it. But if you can go out there and get them to pay you crazy money, go get that money, man. So, to me, it was just weird that Lou Alden left money because uh, I felt like he didn't have to leave. Like, <laughs> the Lakers had to, you know, finish out your contract if you didn't want to leave. So, uh, I guess he's, like, really helping on, like, playing somewhere, uh, which yeah. I respect. Where it's like, like- I – I would have made them finish paying me before I did anything. Uh, but well, God you me. say that, and that's exactly what your boy Joe Kim Noah is doing. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, listen, listen. Yeah. He is being spiteful to loyal Nick fans like me and Joel. He can easily <laughs> take a little less and get out, but he'd rather stick it through and get that money. He's trying to go out the Stefan Marbury way, not have to play a, a game the rest of his life, and get paid for it. That's that's what he's trying to do. Yep. I, I I see you, yep. Joe Noah. You're not split, man. <laughs> well, here's the thing: if like if if Noah even came to the table, because you know, like I said, the veterans minimum, you know, over the next 
couple years adds up to roughly $5 million. If Noah were to come to the Knicks and say, look, I'll take a $5 million, like I'll leave $5 million on the table because I believe in my, myself and I think I can still play and I can go make that up playing the next two seasons. Um, I'll leave that on the table and you can, you can work out the sh- whole stretch deal just like they did for, for Luol Deng. Um, like, I, I think the Knicks would do it. Like, they would totally do that. Um, they, you know, they just want a little bit of incentive from Noah. Like, you know, they're, they're basically like, dude, come on, dude. Like, if, if we're going to buy you out and you're going to still get to go make money elsewhere – then at least give us back the money that you would make elsewhere. Like, don't try to like, like, you know, swindle us and then, you know, try to rob another team, you know, make more money on top of that. Like that ain't fucking right, bro. Um, and yeah. of course, Joker I mean, Noah's like, well, motherfuckers, y'all gave me the contract. <laughs> like, <laughs> absolutely. But my biggest issue in, in the whole Noah thing is like, we drafted Mitchell Robinson. Uh, me and Joel are huge fans of this guy. If you mm-hmm. keep Noah, it's like Noah needs to play if we're paying him. But the minutes are stretched because it's like I want the minutes to go to Cancer, who produces, and I want it to go to our rookie. We don't really have that many minutes that we can, like, spare to Joe Team Noah because he doesn't do much but just rarely block shots, play somewhat good defense, and rebound. That's exactly what Enos Cancer can do. And he's a really good passer. You're absolutely right. But Enos Cancer is even working on the threes. So it's like, I need that guy yeah. more than I need Noah. But if yeah. Noah's going to stay, you're going to have to play, but where? You know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm like, right. come on, man. Get, get this file and get out of here. Like, just go. Well, you know what? Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves just happen to have two open roster spots. So... Take a buyout, <laughs> and why don't you and Luau Dang both go join your boy Tom Thibodeau up in up in <laughs> Minneapolis? Like I think, yeah, I think that would just if you're looking, that'd be so if fitting. If you're looking for, if you're looking for a way to definitely get Jimmy Butler out of there, it would be bringing <laughs> in all these guys who aren't going to contribute much to helping that that team win games. I would just, I would just love it if for no other reason, like. You know, we we they they start the season and you know they're like there's there's apparently been some turmoil going on amongst the uh, you know Minnesota Timberwolves players. It looks like the starting lineup tonight is uh, Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler, Lou Albang, Tosh Gibson, and Joe Kimmela. <laughs> It's like, what the fuck? Did I just wander into a time capsule? Is it fucking 2010? What the hell is going on? That would be fun and awesome. Yeah, wouldn't it, though? Um, I would. Anyway, (laughs) Joel, we digress here. Uh, You know, what what are your thoughts on um, this this dang uh, buyout? And um, I don't know, would you – where, like, where would you like to see him go? Would you like to see him in Minnesota? Maybe I, I know Juwan mentioned Miami, um, but you know, first off, just what are your thoughts on you know the buyout both for the Lakers and for Dang? Mm, good question. I, I, I look look good for the Lakers because uh, they they figured it out. They did the math. All those numbers you were throwing out there, you lost me for a while there. I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. Years <laughs> point this, and I was like, what the fuck? But um, Luol Deng, 
isn't. I think he's still a, a, a useful player. Nowadays, he's more of a stretch four than he is a three anymore. Um, right. So he'll probably go somewhere where he can be a, a versatile defender and just get a lot of minutes off the bench. He ain't starting anywhere. Um, Minnesota is a great place. First of all, because he knows the coach really well and Tom uh, with Thibodeau. And that was the last time he was really good was with Tom Thibodeau. Um, he probably won't um, – I mean, it's someone who he trusts too, so that's another thing that you got there in Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. And they need veteran depth. They don't really have that in Minnesota. They can, and I know right. Jimmy will like it. I mean, Jimmy, you need everything right now to make him happy. So bring everybody from the Bulls back in <laughs> back, he'll <laughs> be happy, right? Um, but I don't know. It's not a bad move. I, I I'm happy for Dang because Dang wants to play. He obviously took a lot, you know, that hit on his on his contract because he wants to play. I mean, right. no other reason you would, like, not, you know, you want to get paid, but at the same time you want to get paid. And the same thing happening with uh, Ryan Anderson. He wants to play. Uh, and, and these guys want to play this season before they get – first of all, Dang's not getting any younger. <laughs> so he's going to probably right. want to get, you know, get that out of the way. So I don't blame him. I really don't. Um, and if it's Minnesota, really good for him. Miami's not a bad choice either. I think Detroit wouldn't be a bad choice, but – because uh, they could definitely use the depth. Um, there's a lot of different options for him, um, or whatever he wants to do. Minnesota probably seems the most likely, but that's only because of his connection with coach. Um, I, I, I like. I think there'll be more buyouts going down the road. I think Joe Kimmel will eventually be bought out, in my opinion. I think that's just a matter of time at this point. Um, it's just inevitable. Just, I'm not sure when. Hopefully before the season we get out of the way. Um, because it's, it, it's just lingering, and I don't think he's a bad dude by any means. It's just, well, I don't know what the fuck happened last year, but that was more between him and the coach, and that coach ain't here anymore. So, whatever. Yeah, but, but yeah, it seems like thing. it seems like it has to be more than just him and the coach, though, because you think at so, least, but I. Well, I mean, I would say at at the very least, there has to have been some organizational um, distrust there. Um, too, mm-hmm. just because, I mean, we all know that um, kind of the way, like, one of the big uh, decisions as far as the Knicks and as far as who they hire is, is making sure that, um, you know, those those Knicks guys who are in place, uh, you know, your, your Steve Mills, I think, um, and, you know, a couple other mm-hmm. guys up there that have been there for a while, like, they're going to mm-hmm. have a big say in things. Um, so I think right. there must obviously still be some distrust between those guys and Joe Kim Noah, um, because otherwise I think I think you would at least kind of expect Fizdale to be like, yeah, let's get Noah in there, let's see what we can do with him, you know, yada yada yada, and that has not right. been at all part of the the conversation no. coming out of. He hasn't even been around game. like at all. No, not at all. Yeah, you're right. It might be more to it because. And I think maybe because they probably sided with the coach, and maybe he felt disrespected probably. in that regard. Um, yeah. And it's like, I, I don't know what the fuck that was about. But I've also heard rumors that he wasn't always the best uh, young, um, for the youth, let's put it that way, <laughs> the best mentor role, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I can see but, that. You know what I mean? He's kind of a party guy. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know for real. I mean, there's probably issues there beyond our means and, and our knowledge. Um, and hopefully that gets resolved uh, just, you know, like what Dane and the Lakers pulled off, because that would be great for us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be, and uh, ultimately I think it might be good for him too. That's the other thing too. You know, I mean, we play under the assumptions that, you know, 
these guys could only, you know, you know, they're only going to get veteran minimum deals at that. Um, you know, maybe Dang's betting on himself. Maybe Dang's going out there saying, yeah, I'll, I'll take a vet minimum deal this year, but if I can actually play, like maybe I get, you know, a luxury tax exception next season and I make I make the money back, you know. Um, it's not likely, but, you know, if he goes right. out and he's a and he's a 25 minutes a game uh, contributor off the bench uh, on a very good team, you know, maybe – Maybe a team next season gets desperate enough. I mean, there's still going to be a lot of teams that, you know, don't have the best cap space. They can always tap into that luxury tax exception. Um, And, you know, maybe the teams that do have cap space are able to, you know, pick up the guys that, you know, say your Houston Rockets or somebody else would want. Um, And so, you know, they they don't get that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, Speaking of the Houston Rockets, I think the Rockets may make some sense. Um, just yeah. I mean, the biggest thing yeah. is Lu- Luol Deng. Yeah, I mean he's he's like he fits at least a positional need. The thing is like Mello, mm-hmm. you never know how that situation is going to work out. Marquise Chris was a good get. I mean I certainly think he fits them better than Ryan Anderson did. Um, at least as far as how they want to play and what they want to do. Um, and as far as having at least one of your guys who can play defense. But if you can get a, a veteran, like, stretch four um, who can play a little defense, granted, he's not as quick as he used to be. Um, but if he's guarding fours, you know, he doesn't have to be as quick um, as he, you know, was in his heyday. So, I mean, I think that can make a lot of sense. I also think the Raptors can make some sense. Um, you know, they obviously have Abaka and uh, Pascal Siakam, but I think mm-hmm. just having Dang in and around that locker room, um, like he's just a – he's kind of the, the consummate professional. Um, like pretty much everybody who, like, like hangs out with Dang, and, and from everywhere I've heard, he's just a great locker room guy. Um, so, Wait. like, I think Wait. I think that could – what's that? I said I've heard that. Yeah. Um, so, like, yeah. I mean, I think certainly having uh, having him uh, on on that squad could help, and you know, I think he could help just kind of fill out that roster a little bit and and give you some valuable minutes. Um, and too, like, uh, I again, I'm not necessarily sure that the the Raptors are are done making moves. Um, like, they went all in, conceivably went all in on Kawhi, but. I think it's more likely that if it comes down to, um, you know, the deadline and they don't feel like they're quite there to win a championship, they might go more all in as opposed to trying to take a step back and moving on from Kawhi. I don't see that happening at all. Um, so, you know, if, if you get a guy like Blue All Dang on your roster who can give you valuable minutes, it makes it easier to give up a Pascal Siakam. Um, if you have to package him with some other young assets to get a more proven player, um, maybe say like a Jimmy Butler, <laughs> um, just throwing a name out there. Um, but uh, hey, it, it, stranger things have happened. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's good news, and I, I do think you're right, Joel. I do think we'll see a lot more buyouts um, down the line. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Chandler Parsons comes up next. Um, that would be, if I were to predict out of anybody who I expected to be bought out, I think it would have to be Chandler Parsons. They just signed Kyle Anderson. Um, 
They have, yeah. I forget his name, but another young guy um, who played a lot of minutes for him last season at the small forward position. Um, uh, they have yeah, no. uh, um, books. What's that? What's that? I think it was Dylan something. Dylan yeah, Brooks, Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks that's the guy. Yep, that's the guy. Um, he played a lot of minutes last season. Um, of, like I he think did. a surprisingly, like, astonishing number considering like where he was drafted yeah. and like, right. like how he gets talked about. You know, like no one talks about Dylan Brooks, yeah. but I mean he he played. No. I think. Uh, Shit, I want to say it was something crazy, like the most minutes out of any rookie or top five or yeah. something like that. You know, like he played a shit ton of minutes. Um, he might start again so, this like, year, have, too. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so you know, you got those two guys. Um, and then at the four, I mean, you got Jermichael Green and you just drafted Jaron Jackson. So, um, and, you know, while I do think Jaron Jackson projects more as a five, like down the road, He's not taking Marcus Falls minutes right now, so like, yeah. I mean, I I think I think it makes to- total sense for them to go ahead and just kind of bite the bullet on uh, Chandler Parsons. Go ahead and and try to figure out a buyout for him as well, and you know, see what you can see what kind of negotiations you can figure out because that's a guy that uh, they could definitely stand to. Um, you know, uh, shave a few dollars off, go ahead and stretch it out, um, and, and just save themselves a lot of money because having that contract right now is not helping you out whatsoever. Uh, but anyway, um, speaking of uh, potential deals, you know, coming, uh, you know, coming down the pipes, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are actively seeking a trade uh, with everyone short of Antetokounmpo, and Middleton available. Makes perfect sense to me. Um, Giannis and, and, and Chris Middleton are obviously their A and B players on that team, um, mm-hmm. which is crazy because, you know, uh, what was it, two seasons ago when Middleton went down uh, with that injury? Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that was like when Jabari Parker was starting to turn it on, like after his first, ACL tear, and it was like, oh, Parker's coming back. He's going to be good. And then Chris Middleton came back. They played, like, a total of, what, like eight minutes together, and then Parker tore his ACL again. Um, and then, you know, that we've obviously seen subsequently where that story ended up. Um, but it was always thought that, like, Jabari Parker was going to be the number two there. And it, it's, like, Chris Middleton has definitely become that. Um, he's He's been a terrific player for them. But he's also uh, an unrestricted free agent after this season. Um, and a lot of people mm-hmm. talk about, you know, well, you know, you got to put together a good team because you don't want to lose Giannis. Well, you got to put together a good team because you don't want to lose Chris Middleton and you don't want to lose Eric Bledsoe, who you just traded for, who are both unrestricted free agents after this season. Um, they, they, I like the moves they made with signing Ilyasova and Brook Lopez. They certainly, in my opinion, need to, need to add some additional. <laughs> That's how much I like them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, but still, man, I, I like where their heads at. I think that you need to, you need to be getting better, and you need to be playing like this is the season you have to do it because if you lose Middleton, man, like you're done. 
there's no way you're keeping Giannis if you lose Chris Middleton. Like, that's the guy you got to be thinking about we need to keep right now. Um, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of teams interested in Chris Middleton. Um, you know, one that I would immediately throw out there is the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, if they – because there's – I think a team like that, there's a high probability that they they kind of miss out on – you know, maybe they miss out on Kawhi, they miss out on Jimmy Butler, they miss out on Clay Thompson. Like, you know, let's say Kawhi and Clay stay put, Jimmy Butler goes to LA, Philly is going to be looking like, all right, we have this max slot available. What about Chris Middleton? Sure, he fits our team. He'd be perfect. Uh, you know, so, and there's a lot of other teams out there that I, I think will have a lot of interest in, in Chris Middleton. Um but anyway, what are your thoughts on essentially Milwaukee actively looking to make a trade in order to make their roster better this year? Um, basically, you know, they're kind of done playing the waiting game, uh, and they, you know, they want to essentially, sounds to me like they want to basically do what the Rockets did last year and say, you know, we're going to go for it. Uh, I, I'll say this. I, I I don't I'm not surprised. Uh, we like the move they made already this year. At, at the very least, their starting five, or at least one through six, is pretty decent. I'll say mm-hmm. you know they're top heavy with with, with Giannis and Middleton, but they, they they got good players at least one through at one through six at the very least maybe seven. Um, but that's the problem with them right now is depth. Um, they got guards. Like, we got Malcolm Brogdon. I like Malcolm Brogdon. You can start him. He'll probably start or maybe come off the bench. We have Delavadova still, and he's still a good spark plug off the bench. He's a good defender, good pass here. You know, he, get, he can give you minutes if he's healthy because his problem has really been health uh, lately. Um, the wings haven't – their backup wings haven't really done anything. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Behind Giannis and Middleton, it's a giant fucking cliff. <laughs> That's kind of – Really, where they're hurting? <laughs> Dang, would work there. <laughs> yeah, and they don't really have any. Like that's the thing. Yeah, like, it's not good. E- even their yeah. wings, like you're talking about, like a Pat Connaughton, like kind of a wing, yeah, but right. kind of more of a guard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, and then you, you know, you got like a DJ Wilson, who we don't even know what the fuck he is yet. Yeah, you know? so super question like, mark. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, no, I mean, I feel you there. Like, so you think you think maybe the issue is more just kind of wing depth, and maybe you don't have to give up as much if if you go for something yeah, exactly. like that. That's my thing. I mean, I think Middleton's their guy. If they can get a good load for Middleton, because Middleton's not a superstar, but he is a borderline All Star caliber player with great shooter. Oh yeah, good defense. Oh yeah, you know, and um, so you can't just give him away. You're gonna need at least. If not an all-star back, you would need at least two really good bowl players at the very least two starters back for him. Well, something like that. Yeah, I mean, something according like to the reports, he's not on the table. Like he oh, nor Giannis. Are, yeah, no, those two are off the table. So like they uh, want to keep both of them. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, but not yeah. So they want to keep Middleton too. Those two guys are apparently not on the table in any sort of trade discussions. But everybody else is. So if you can wow, get like okay. another guy. That's what I'm saying. If you can get, like, another guy to pair with them, meaning you've got enough depth at center where, you know, you got essentially what you need is, like you're saying, you need another wing-type um, player to, like, fit somewhere in there with with them 
who can play alongside them but also play without them. Like that's it's like yeah. you know when I threw out Jimmy Butler last week um, as a potential yeah. trademark. Now obviously you that's you, a big um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and obviously you were saying like that you didn't feel like that was enough of a package um, no. for you know a caliber player like Jimmy <laughs> Butler. But right. like that. But I do think that is like what you're saying is true, and 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 it's kind of what I'm saying too. If you can get a like a just a really, really solid guy who can play both the two and the three um, and can play alongside both of those guys but also play separate from them and you don't have to give up every – like, obviously you can't give right. up too much. Um, and the trick is, you, like, you, your, draft, your draft pick situations are, are really screwy because of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. because of the pick going to Phoenix. Um, but, you know, all that being said, you know, I like it. I mean, overall, I like it because I think if you can get, if you can get like another all-star um, caliber player to pair with those two guys, because I think they tried to do it last year with Bledsoe, and I just don't think Bledsoe's that guy. Not that Bledsoe can't be that guy in the right situation. I don't think he can be that guy in this situation because Giannis mm-hmm. needs a guy who can drill three, and Eric Bledsoe is not a guy yeah. who can drill three. Um, That's true. So not consistently. Right, exactly. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think I, I, I like I like the hubris behind it, if nothing else. Um but maybe you could package maybe you could package Eric Bledsoe, um and, and some kind of young players to get Kimball Walker. Like I don't know that that's the answer, but um, you know, maybe that's something Eric that they Bledsoe, might consider doing. Um or Bosin. I see yeah, you'd have to give me Look, Hornets are going to blow up at some point. You got to just keep an eye on the Hornets. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. They keep them on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, I don't know. I like it. I think I I like I like it when a when a team. Well, and not all the time. I don't always like it when a team is just like, "Fuck it, we're going for it." Um, but in this case, I do because different. I think I think they have right. to. I don't think they have a choice. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. And yeah. and this is the year where they really have to do it because, like I said, you lose Middleton and you can you you can just start rolling out the red carpet for the Giannis trade talks because that's what's coming if you lose Chris Middleton and free agency yep, next year. Um, yeah, and if you want. and if you lose on a Dacumpo, like you're basically. Um, you know, I mean, it, essentially not lose him, but even if you're, like, forced into a situation where you have to trade him because you're worried that, you know, he'll walk if you don't, like, you're still, you're going to be either in the land of mediocrity at best, uh, well, maybe at worst, um, or you're going to be rebuilding for the next five seasons. So, you know, mm-hmm. both of those suck <laughs> is basically what I'm saying. Um, basically. So, yeah. I'm all for it, man. Go for it. Like, you know, fuck it. Like, do it. You have enough. Here's the thing. And and uh, uh, real. let me make one more real quick point, and I'll pass it to you after that, mm-hmm. Juwan. Um, like, you take a team like New Orleans, who was constantly always going for it, like always moving – uh, always moving assets, Robin Peter to pay Paul, and it kind of mm-hmm. fucked them over in the long run. Um, like, that's, that is something that I don't like. But Milwaukee is not guilty of that. Yes, they traded um, their their first-round pick 
um, they traded a first-round pick in order to um, get Eric Bledsoe last year, which maybe in hindsight wasn't the best deal. But they still have a ton of really good assets. Um, like you said, uh, Joel, in Brogdon, they just drafted DiVincenzo. Um, I, I still right. think – I still think DJ Wilson could be a good player. Sterling Brown um, has given very solid minutes for a second round pick. Uh, I think he was like number 46 overall. Um, and he's, he's been a very good contributor off the bench. Um, so, uh, and then Thon Maker, like I still think he um, has potential as both a guy who can potentially stretch the floor um, and give you, um, you know, some good rim protection. So like, they have assets. They just, you know, if they can figure out the right trade, that's the key. You just got to figure out the right trade and then to make it happen. Uh, but, Juwan, what are your thoughts on the Bucks? Um, essentially the, the fact that they're seeking a trade and, and kind of looking to um, bolster their roster, um, you know, and, and willing to give up pretty much anything shy of uh, Giannis and, and Chris Middleton to do so. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, as, as I was hearing you guys talk, the first thing I thought of was um, if you're trying to not only make sure you're competing this year, but, you know, you're, you're making a big splash to try to keep Giannis, you're going to have to go big fish hunting. And the best way to go big fish hunting is with big bait. And your biggest bait would be Middleton. Um, that's the most enticing piece. Uh, because we know Giannis is untouchable. So outside of Giannis, that is your most your most valuable piece on that team. Um, so I would put feelers out. I wouldn't say he's untouchable. I'd put feelers out, and if they're not good, they're not good. Just don't take them. Um, but I would definitely put the feeler out and see if I can. I mean, you have so many, I don't want to say disgruntled, but you have so many players that have somewhat issues uh, with where they are. Um I mean, listen, we also brought up Nick uh, not too long ago, maybe like a month or two ago, uh, that Milwaukee was interested in, um, what's his name? Uh, Jesus. Um, from the, the Heat, mm. the center. Whiteside. Um, that, that'd be a really good get for them. Um, that'd be a good get for them at, at the center position. I mean, if you can, listen, if you can maybe entice the Timberwolves to giving you Jimmy Butler for Middleton and like maybe a few more pieces, and you could still maybe try to work out a, a white side trade. That that should be enough to at least make Giannis go. All right, I like this. Like this is this this is pretty good. This is pretty good. Um, if Jimmy but Butler keep, stays. If Jimmy Butler stays, but um, Gian, playing with Giannis, playing with Whiteside, and depending on how competitive they they are in the East, I mean that shouldn't be that hard of a sell. Um, so, I mean, but my, my I don't think I'd make is, the trade for Whiteside. Not with Lopez. I think it can there. help them at, at the. Oh, that's right. They did get Lopez. I'm completely sorry. I completely forgot they got rid of Jabari. Um, I forgot they had Lopez. You're right. They don't. They let him. They let him go. They let him go. Well, and the other thing is, like, I, if I'm trying to build a contender, I'm not. I'm not trying to add Hassan Whiteside to that team. I think Hassan Whiteside is. It's fine for a, a you know um, a guy who's gonna you know get you a bunch of rebounds and be okay for you know um, like a first round exit type team. Um, I'm not trying to build a contender with him. I mean he's like 31 years old. 
Um, he, he completely disappeared for the Heat. Uh, you know, couldn't do shit to stop Joel Embiid. Um, and then when the Sixers went small, he couldn't defend anybody. Like, he's just – he's such a liability uh, come playoff time. Fair enough. But I think if you continue with the notion of keeping Chris Middleton as untouchable, you're going to find trade offers are not going to be as, as lucrative as they would be if you just saw what was available, if you put Chris Middleton out there. Because I'm sure you'll have a lot of people like, man, I could use a player like Chris Middleton. Take this, take oh, that, yeah. take that. Um, you know, so I, I think he was say, a throw-in. Right, exactly. Really much really um, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he's untouchable. Is, is all I'm like I, I love the way the Lakers kind of somewhat approach it to where it's like, yeah, we got LeBron now, so who wants who? Like <laughs> we got LeBron. That's a centerpiece. Who wants who? Um, you know, anyone else? Everyone else uh, in that Lakers team is pretty much up for trade. Lonzo, Ingram. I don't care what Magic says. You give him a good enough offer. They're gone. Um, so, I mean, well, it's probably true honestly, for Middleton, too. But I see. Right, I get your point. If you're saying I think, untouchable, I just think you have to be, gonna go. I think you have to be careful with saying with it, publicly including Middleton in any sort of potential trade discussions because he is an unrestricted free agent next season, and you don't want to piss him off. Yeah, no. What I'm saying is you don't have to make it public. I'm just saying stop saying he's untouchable. Like, you don't have to say, like, hey, send me any offers, like, we want to get rid of him. No, but just stop saying he's untouchable. Cause to a lot of teams, they may go, oh, well, like, dang, I was about to call you and offer you something for Middleton, but if you're not listening to any offers, I'm not going to waste my time. Um, so I, just I don't think saying, that's how the trade discussions work, but maybe. I don't know. I mean, obviously none of us are in this phone call, and this phone calls are in this room. But, like, I very think true, if, but, if, I mean – if a trade dis- discussion got started and and they were like, dude, we just, you know, we we're giving you, you know, uh, you know, one of the twenty best players in the league, you know, we have to get back Chris Middleton. Like you, might, you might see some wiggle room in that, but like, you know, I can understand like Middleton's value to that team is is huge, and like I think your goal should be to get a third person to go along with them so you could have Giannis be your one, whoever you get be your two, and then Middleton could easily be a third option on a championship caliber team if you had the right pieces in place. No, I, I completely get what you're saying, but I'm saying it's it's just it's one of those things where it's like I look at how that Bucks team is structured and it's like they might they might continue to be exactly what they were last year. Like it's like Giannis or even if you surround surround them with workable pieces, they need to go at some point big fish hunting. And unfortunately the only way to do that is to is to put the name of Middleton out there to see what you can get. Um sure. to me I mean, like I said, you don't have to ostracize a guy by saying, Oh, if you want him he's available um, but just stop saying he's not available. <laughs> Because, I mean, you're right. I have no idea how the trades work, and I could be completely wrong. But I know if you're telling me, hey, listen, you know, if you go in the fridge, you can have anything but the grape soda. I'm not then going to go in your fridge and go, hey, man, like, come on, this grape soda, I really want it. You're going to let me have it. (laughs) It's not yours. (laughs) Don't touch it. But I'm not even going to waste my time. So it's like if you don't say that, (laughs) 
if you don't say that, I then think, okay, maybe I could throw this out there, see if they're interested in this trade for Middleton. Um, so I would just, if I was them, especially because they don't have a lot to work on. Uh, yeah. Stop saying things. You know, like the only way, wait, wait, wait. Uh, we gotta, we gotta submit this analogy. Is like, all right, I got two Lunchables. I know you want one of these Lunchables. I need something to quench my thirst with this Lunchable. <laughs> and, and so your homie says, yo, you can have anything you want in that fridge, but just not the grape soda. It's like, damn, dude, come on. I really want it. He's like, man, it's my mama's favorite. I, man, okay, but, like, I know you want this Lunchable. Come on now. <laughs> uh, after school yeah, no. hours, circa seventh grade, flashbacks. <laughs> Absolutely, man. But no, I mean, I, like I said, I completely get what you said. It's it, it's not the kind of player that you just go, hey, if you want him, take him. Like that's a guy you want to, you know, with Giannis, you want to build around. But what I'm saying is, the biggest issue Milwaukee faces is free agents don't even take meetings for right. Milwaukee. Like I haven't seen yeah, you gotta, anybody even. You gotta pull meeting. a you gotta pull a Paul George move. You're like okay, see this. Right. You gotta like say. Right. We think that if we can pair up Giannis with another guy um, that is, you know, essentially another quote-unquote elite talent in the league, then that, that would be enough for us to convince him to stay. So, like, I get that. Right. And I think, I think you might potentially have to throw in Middleton to get that done. Um, but, you know, maybe you wouldn't. I mean, like I said, they have a lot of assets you know, and they don't have any like really poisonous contract. They got Delhi, yeah, and um, which isn't great, and they got Henson, which is probably their worst contract. Um, but you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe you would though. Maybe you would have to throw him in. My biggest thing is it's not something that you have to, that that's your first option. Like you said, you have you have other things that you can try to like put out there to get a uh, good value back, but. If you're talking about, because, again, we just finished saying, free agents don't even look to take meetings there. Um, so right. if you're looking to entice free agents, like these bigger names, you need something there that they can go, man, Giannis and that guy, man, if I come there, I could really put this team over the top and, and make them yeah, a contender they don't, they don't in the Yeah, but they don't have the cap space. They don't have the cap space for that, though. They, like, they don't. They... But if you ever want someone to even get a whiff of Milwaukee, there has to be something there that makes someone go, man, I'm a free agent. I don't think anybody like wants to live in Milwaukee, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, they don't, but think about it like this. Not many people wanted a brats, of, man. I'll take, I'll I'll take Not many people wanted a um, – and, Joel, you can speak to this. Not many people wanted a list of the Knicks, but how many players keep saying, man, I would love to play with Kristaps? Like, that guy is That's like – That's all, man. That guy is super talented. That, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, that helps. I mean, not everybody saying. listens to the Knicks. Oh, I hear that shit. <laughs> <Get> up, <laughs> um, a lot of guys. Well, and by you know what else? Man, you know what else? But you know what else helps is New York City. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, I hear that. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Like I, I love think, saying that it's think, the Knicks, but it's New York. And you know what? And and uh, and too, it's just apples and oranges too, because we all know the biggest mm-hmm. impediment that New York has had and still has and will have until it is resolved is James Dolan. So like that that's the reason the Knicks don't get free agents. Like that's the reason you got you know straddled. That's with, all like, about the change, Nick. It's all about the change. Hey, I hope so, man. I really, really do. I would love to see the Knicks uh 
uh, turn it around and 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 be you know one of the top franchises again. Because um, Lord knows the NBA could use so it, and the, and the and the Eastern <laughs> Conference could use it just in general, man. If you had New York, Philly, and Boston all playing like top level basketball again, like dude, that would be that would be great for the league. That that is undeniable. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I definitely get what you're saying, and you know what? Like if if say you could. If you could trade Middleton and not give up too many assets and 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 get a guy like Jimmy Butler, like maybe you try it out just because pairing up Jimmy and Giannis, like that would be that'd be really really good. Um, it, like I said, it's it's all a question of fit too, um, and who are the players that you have around those two guys. Um, there's a you know a lot a lot of factors at play, but. Um, but I do think Jimmy Butler is at least the kind of guy that would not necessarily be like, you know, I, um, like I gotta be, I gotta be in, in, you know, one of the big markets. Like he's, he strikes me more of a guy who's, who's going to be pretty content no matter where he is. He just wants to win. So if you think you can win with him, you maybe you go ahead and do it. But, um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Uh, it's, it's certainly interesting as far as, the, you know, the debate. Uh, I'll have to throw a, a few trade packages together and kick them your way, Juwan, and see, like, what what might entice you as far as another team where, where you know, the Bucks could include Middleton, and would it be enough for you to give up <clears throat> give up a guy um, that is, you know, of that, you know, all-star caliber level, you know? Um because I, I think that might be dif- proved difficult too, just because Mil- Middleton is on an expiring contract. Um, you know, maybe with the the you know amount of like badass free agents hitting the market, maybe you maybe that helps though. Maybe you think you could keep Middleton um, because there are so many free agents and you know you can pay him the most money. Um, but yeah, very. Uh, Milwaukee's in a very tricky situation and a very interesting situation. It'll be really, really fun to kind of monitor them throughout this season and see if they do make any moves, what moves those might those might be, and if it's more of a sideways move or like a calculated long play move, um, or if it's like we need to <clears throat> we need to win now and maybe hope things you know pan out like the obviously like the Thunder uh, ended up doing. Um, but uh, anyway, let's uh, let's move on. Um, legislation that would streamline the environmental review process for the Los Angeles Clippers proposed Inglewood Arena passed. If signed by California Governor Jerry Brown, this could fast track construction on the arena by 18 months or more. Um, so essentially, um, you know, that's that's the the sort of exact nature of what's going on with this arena as of right now. But uh, in layman's terms, the, you know, the Clippers are trying to fast track this arena and, and may, if this bill is signed, you know, may be able to fast track it as much as like two years um, or, or at least close to it. Um, so obviously the Clippers are hell bent on getting their own roof over their own head uh, Joel, uh, what do you think about this for the Clippers? Um, do you like the move to get out of the uh, the Lakers' shadow in Staples? Uh, and do you think um, you know, kind of setting up shop in Inglewood makes sense for the uh, the Clippers uh, 
their both their team and their fan base. Yeah. Yes, very much. Yeah. I've said it for a long time. Like this Temple Centers is never gonna be there. It's just never right. ever, 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 ever gonna be there. So I, I I don't like teams sharing arenas. Like I have to deal mm-hmm. with it here in New York with the Giants and the Jets and it's like Right. We have a neutral name now before it was Giant Stadium. I'm like, it's still Giant Stadium. But uh, <laughs> the point is, um, it, like, he, it's good. It's, that's good. I really do. Because I, I don't think this dude was ever going to leave. Um, what was his, uh, the last owner? I can't remember his name at the moment. Um, oh, I can't remember his name. But, yeah, the, the last owner of the Clippers was not moving. He, he was fucking uh-uh. – he was not moving. No, not at all. No. He was, he was, no. And so I, I can't like, remember um, his fucking name either. It's I, like we've yeah, all, I can't remember. It's flipping. We've, flipping we've right all, all just I'm, permanently I'm blocked it out from our memories because fuck yep, that guy. I can, <laughs> I, yeah, really. I'm really, really. Donald sorry, Sterling. Donald Sterling. Donald Sterling. Christ, I could not remember his name for the life of me. But, yeah, he was not moving. I mean, he said it. Like, it, it made no sense in the move. But I'm like, you were always going to be the B team. Even when they're the A team, they're the B team. It was sad, and it's like, yeah. not that that's gonna change because they're still in Los Angeles, but at least they won't be in the same building. And if they're right. in Inglewood, they're at least down the street or whatever. Like here in New York, we have the Knicks and the Nets. They play in the same city, but they don't play in the same arena. Brooklyn is its right. own borough. It's it's huge. Brooklyn's huge. It's kind of, I mean, Inglewood's yeah. much smaller compared to Brooklyn. But I'm saying, it's just, it's different when you have your own home. This is home now. So the Clippers didn't like. So maybe they get a new uh, logo, switch it up a little. Maybe you got to add more to it. I think they 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 did a little bit of a change a couple of years ago, but I think they need to add more flavor to that. Even even a name change, I don't think would hurt the Clippers, in my opinion. Um, or another move somewhere farther away, but that's just me. Um, but I, I think it's a good move altogether. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally agree. Uh, I just looked it up. It is uh, Inglewood is 12.3 miles away from uh, Los Angeles, so about about a 30 not minute far. drive ish. Yeah, not right. far. Right. Um, but like you said, I mean, at least it gives you your own identity, um, and uh, you know, it, 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 I think that's big as far as getting you know your um, expanding your brand as as your own team. Like, because yeah, you're right. I mean, Clippers have always been the B team. It's always will be the B team, but if you can make some steps as, as far as, you know, at least having your own identity, I think that goes a long way. Let me ask you this, uh, Jawan. Uh, I'm sorry, Joel. Uh, do you think they should go by the Inglewood Clippers, or do you think they should say the Los mm. Angeles Clippers? Or do you think they should pull what, uh, what uh, the Angels did who are the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, should they be the Los Angeles Clippers of Inglewood? Well, I like that, though. I think that's what I mean. they got to do something different so they stand out. Los Angeles right. Clippers, it's just – well, it's now it's just boring. It sounds boring, but you add a little bit of spice to it. Like like that, Los Angeles Clippers of, of Inglewood, it's something different. Or if they do want to change it into the Inglewood Clippers, it's something different. Like, I always thought they, the Clippers were probably better off moving to Anaheim. For a long time, I thought Anaheim was a good spot for them. But Inglewood's not a bad spot. <laughs> it's not a bad spot at all. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I, I would love a little bit of a twist so we can get something going. So they don't sound just 
it's just the Los Angeles Clippers, you know? You got to do something. You got to spice it up. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? You know what I think they should do? I think they should just go all out and just call themselves the California Clippers. <laughs> like, no, nobody has it goes. I mean, you got the Golden State Warriors, you got Sacramento Kings, Los Angeles Lakers, California Clippers. Like, just say fuck it. We're taking the whole state as our name. Um, uh-huh. And uh, the California Clippers. <laughs> I, I mean, that I don't think there's any rule against it. Like. As long as somebody else doesn't have that as their name, you know. I mean, you have teams like, uh, of course, you know, Minnesota is, you know, the Minnesota. I mean, and then even, like, the New York Knicks, like, obviously they're in New York City, but they're not, what, Mm -hmm. the Manhattan Knicks? They're the New York Knicks. They're They're not not the New York City Knicks. They're the New York Knicks. They are the team. Well, don't get me started, like, with what they're doing with the the Warriors. I've never, like, the idea of them calling them Golden State Warriors. Like, I'd never... What kind of oh, what? No, it's like you're not even calling yourself California. You're calling yourself your nickname <laughs> of the state. Like who does that? Like I never, I never understood that. Like ever. Weird. I, weird. Honestly, I, they go, I, when they, go I think they used to be the San Francisco Warriors, and they moved yeah. to Oakland. And I think they didn't want to change their name to the Oakland Warriors. But they obviously weren't in San Francisco anymore. So I think that was like I think that's at least the story behind it. Um, but maybe maybe they wanted to call themselves the California Warriors, and maybe they couldn't. So maybe maybe that's not in play for the Clippers. I don't know the history mm. well enough to know all that. Um, yeah, but I, I would at least either. try it. If, if I was Steve Ballmer, I would try it. I'd be like, we want to be the California Clippers. Um, if uh, <laughs> if nothing else, if nothing else, like may, maybe a name change would be good too. Um, like, I don't think anybody's attached to the Clippers, man. Like, it's not even that cool nope. of a name. <laughs> no, like, it's a boat, it's man. Not like, it's not like they're there's not the any good history behind it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, yeah, they're not in San Diego anymore, which is where they got right. the name, which makes absolute exactly. sense. Um, so, but then again, you know, I mean, the Lakers haven't been in Minneapolis for God, like seventy true. years. And they're That's still the Lakers. True. But hey, but That's at true. least the LA Lakers sounds cool. The LA Clippers doesn't sound cool. <laughs> like, no. like so they got no. they got no points, all strikes, uh as as far as uh as far as the Clippers are concerned. Um but I don't know, I, I do kinda like the Los Angeles Clippers of Inglewood. I think that's got a, a decent ring to it. And you know what, I think it would be fitting as far as you know, the Angels are kind of the the sort of team B as far as the Southern California baseball teams are concerned, because obviously yep. the Dodgers are team A. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, why not take a page out of their book and, and you know, um, because I've always, I've always thought that that had, had a, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of syllables, but you know, at least that way, you, I, I think the one thing it provides you is you can still get by with just being called LA Clippers. You know, for for mm-hmm. you know for you know if you're into the whole brevity thing, um, but uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, who knows? Uh, it'll be interesting to see what what kind of comes with all that. Um, but uh, Jawan, what are your thoughts on you know the Clippers trying to um, streamline uh, the process and 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 trying to uh, move into this new um, uh, well, it's not 
it's not new yet, but trying to fast track uh, construction on this Inglewood Arena um, to try and uh, get their own roof over their head as soon as possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, like Joel said, it, it, it's needed. <laughs> You'll never live up to the Lakers' legacy. Uh, I remember when uh, they first got, like, Chris Paul and, uh, you know, and formed Lob City, how Doc Rivers was like. They made sure that, uh, you know, when they when they played their first game, the, the thing came down, so it covered all the Lakers' banners and everything. Yeah. Like, we want to yep. create our own banners. It was just like, no, no, it, it, it won't happen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so maybe you can create your um, your own legacy uh, in your own arena. I'm just shocked Inglewood was where they were looking to go. Uh, because if I remember correctly, Inglewood isn't the safest place in L.A. <laughs> to um, be doing things like that. Uh, but I'm sure it'll work out. Just like I, I wasn't sure when the Nets moved to Brooklyn, especially where in Brooklyn they moved to. And now I was just like, no, no, it works. It works. It works here in Brooklyn. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, they need a place of their own. They, they need to get out. Uh, same as Joel was saying, we need to at some point separate the Giants and the Jets. That has to at some point go. It makes me sick. It just, it literally physically makes me sick. Um, they should not be playing in the same arena. Like, create a new one. Get away. Um, so, yeah, but yeah. good thing for the, good thing for the Clippers. Um, but I wouldn't change your name. I'd still be Los Angeles Clippers. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of with Joel on this one. I think a name change would uh, would be good. I'm not sure in what capacity, but just some something. It could be something minor. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think they should probably do it. Um, uh, isn't isn't Giant Stadium in New Jersey though? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So like. Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all are complaining about having to share a stadium. What you should be complaining about is the fact that both both New York teams play in New Jersey. Like, <laughs> like how it is, uh, how it is, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, land's cheaper, I guess. Um, it is. Hey, man, I can't say I can't say shit. My my Atlanta Braves don't play in Atlanta anymore. They play in Cobb County, so <laughs> that ain't Atlanta. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, wow. you didn't know that. No, yeah, the, I drove the, by there years ago, and uh, I got to see the stadium. So I guess they moved afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah, that's Turner Field. Yeah, it's right in the right in the heart of downtown, um, or Midtown, I think maybe. Uh, maybe I think it's actually a little bit on the south side of downtown. I can't fucking remember. But yeah, if you're driving down 85, you drive right by it. Um, but uh, one of the, um, I think Georgia State, uh, uh, the college, one of the colleges in Atlanta, bought the. Um, it bought the uh, Turner Field uh, for like, like on clearance sale or some shit. Um, so like the the stadium's still being used by by a, a college team in Atlanta. So it's it's getting some use um, even after the Braves left it. But yeah, we've been in our new stadium. This is our second year in uh, um, SunTrust Park, which is in Cobb County. It's it's essentially um, it's it's just I think just outside of the perimeter, it's like off uh, 285, which is the the loop that goes around Atlanta. It's not really in Atlanta, so um, yeah, gotcha. yeah. I guess. So, so I can't really say shit either, I guess. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, um, let's uh, let's move on. We got a couple more topics. Uh, the Miami Heat have reportedly made 
Goran Dragic available in trade talks. The uh, New Orleans Pelicans are one of the teams that, uh, you know, are said to potentially have interest. Um, we kind of alluded to this earlier, Joel, with sort of the – or I'm sorry, Jawan. Um, we lost Joel this time. I've been lo- – y'all been dropping like all fucking night, man. It's just crazy. Um, it's, it's it's hard for me to keep up because y'all both got seven three two numbers. I glance up, it's a seven three two, and then it's like, damn! Like, uh, I just assumed it was you, but it, this time it was Joel. Uh, shit! There, there goes Jawan. I'm flying solo, everybody. Uh, well, the the Heat. So, like I said, the Heat have uh, reportedly made Goran Dragic available. Uh, this makes sense, honestly. The the Heat have really been shopping Goran Dragic for quite some time now. I mean. He is essentially uh, like 33, 34 years old. I mean, you're talking about a guy who is a really, really good player. He made his first uh, all-star appearance last season, albeit um, as like an injured reserve and and, and, and obviously the weaker conference. Um, but nevertheless, you know, he, he, he did add that to his, his um, slight accolades. Um, but, I mean, he's he's a really solid player. Um, but the thing is, like, any team that's a legitimate contender has a better point guard than than him, um, and any team that is trying to, you know, essentially build up their roster right now is not going to really try to make any moves uh, in order to get a player that is that much older than their young pieces uh, that they're trying to build with. So... I think, of course, it makes sense that the Miami Heat are shopping him. They're going to see what they can get for him, just like they did last season. Uh, I believe just like they did the season before as well. Um, But whether they're able to really get anything of significance out of him, I I don't know. I I doubt it. I just don't think there's really a market for him. Um, But potentially maybe a, a, a reunion in Phoenix could be in play. I mean, that would certainly be interesting. Um, but, uh, Juwan, what are your thoughts on the heat shopping Dragic? Uh, and you know, just what do you think the market is for, for a guy, um, of his age and of his uh, caliber of play right now? Um, it'll probably be a bench roll. I mean, unless it's somewhere like Phoenix, um, <clears throat> that he could get that started at all. Um, I'm more interested in the fact that it seems like, Miami's crumbling. I'm wondering how long uh, Spolcher will still be head coach before they're like, we need a new face in there. Um, I mean, Pat Riley is notoriously the guy that's like, I'll put the rings down and you'll sign. And since LeBron's left, no one is signed. So it's pretty crazy to see what the the Miami Heat has become since LeBron left. It seems like all those years ago. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm shocked because I, I thought uh, Dragic was, was a really good player for them. I mean, I know he's getting older, um, but Miami's never really had a roster that, that screamed youth. It, it's always just screamed veterans. And then, um, you know, having like Dwayne Wade for that star power then getting LeBron and Bosh. Um, so the idea of Miami going through a rebuilding process will be very interesting. I mean, because even when LeBron left and Wade left, they didn't go through a rebuilding process. They still managed to make the playoffs. Um, So interesting to see them go through that because that's where they're heading. Uh, It won't be long until you'll see more names on the chopping block. 
Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think the market's that big for him. I mean, I'm trying to think of teams that are like pressed for a point guard. It's not that many. I want to say maybe a handful. Um, Pelicans might be a nice place for him to go. Uh, now that you don't yeah, have Rondo, one and, of the yeah, that's one of the teams that w- was included in the in the rumor, which I could see that it makes sense. They 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 really need wing help more than they need point guard help. Um, but you know, it would be uh, obviously Goran Dragic would be an upgrade from Alfred Payton. So right, and we saw that um, <clears throat> how well what's his name um, Holiday works off the ball uh, when he was playing right. alongside Rondo. Uh, and he just right. thrived in it. So having someone yes. like Goran Dragic that can not only score, um, but can be a really good passer, uh, will will do nothing but only help Holiday more in becoming uh, pretty much just a prominent shooting guard. Um, so I mean, it, it would definitely help that team. It, it would help that team a lot uh, having a guy like that. The Suns, Goran's Gorn's a passer, but he likes score the ball, and I'm sorry, Nick, I do not like any scenario that takes the ball out of Devin Booker's hands. I need a point guard who's looking... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I agree with you. No, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I don't don't like it because of the age scenario, not as much. um, Because I don't don't necessarily look at Goran Dragic like a ball-dominant type player. Um, Like, he's he's certainly not what you're suggesting either. He's not a pass-first player. Um, right. like which is what you're saying you you would like for Devin Booker, um, but I I don't I you know I don't necessarily look at him as ball dominant either. But that's the thing. My, my biggest thing is just you know you you don't need a player that's 33 years old, 34 years old, maybe 35 now. God, I can't. I like he's he's getting up there. Like that's not the player you need if you're the Phoenix Suns, and you're trying to like yeah you want to win now, but you know you you don't. You also want to potentially get somebody who could be around for a little while. That's true, but I mean, like I said, it all depends on what their mind frame is. Like, if their mind frame heading into this season is we want to compete for the playoffs, Goran Dragic doesn't hurt that team. I just don't like. Oh no, that. Helps I, out a lot. I'm starting to I'm starting to see how like not ball dominant, but like. Score happy, and Goran Dragic is a score happy kind of guard. Um, he would sure. look to score almost as much as he would look to pass. Um, you look at how that dynamic is going between Wall and Beal, um, and I think of like Goran Dragic and Booker kind of being not ego wise, just kind of being in the same situation. Like Booker comes up court, like I don't ever want to see him come up court and have to clap. Like that should never be a thing. Like it should be right. like. Like, Kobe never had to come up the court and clap. Like, you just knew to give right. Kobe the ball. I want right. Devin Booker to have a situation to where the point guard is setting him up instead of the point guard setting himself up. Um, who do you think – regardless, regardless of age, who do you think would be better, uh, Dragic or, or Kimball Walker? For Devin Booker? Yes. Oh, Goran Dragic. Goran yeah, Dragic. That's what I, I was can't think of too. how many – I can't think of how many high assist games I saw of Kemba last year. Uh, like, I know he's had some, but I can't think of, like, any eights or tens, like, in, in large stretches. Like, he had, like, eight games of, of eight assists or more or anything like that. I think I could maybe rely on Dragic to be more assist-happy than, than Kemba. And yeah. I don't want that dynamic of Kemba trying to be the guy and Devin's like, 
you, you forget you came to my team, right? Like, hold on a second. Um, so I would definitely go Goran Dragic over, over Kemba in that scenario. Sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I would too. Although age, age, if you are factoring in age, I think I would still go Kemba. Though you could probably get Dragic for less than what you could get Kemba. Then again, maybe not because Kemba's on a one-year deal and Dragic is on a two-year deal, I believe. Um, so a lot of various That's factors true, there. But, but if, if you're Phoenix, you'd be forcing – that to work, and I don't think it would organically work because I mean Kimba is would be playing for a contract, so he's not looking to really be the guy setting up Devin Booker. He's looking to show people like, hey, I deserve a huge sure. contract. Um, so I don't know if that would work out the best between those two uh, because Kimba would be looking for a contract, and Booker's looking to show the world after getting his contract that he's deserving of it. So it's like right. I don't want them competing for, for the spotlight for that. So that's the only issue I have with that. But you're right. Age-wise, obviously, you could take Kempo. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I don't see very many other teams that just fit the bill. Maybe Orlando. Um, but then again, it's like what what has Orlando got that, that you know, would, would entice within reason that would entice them – you know, and and honestly, I'm not so certain that Orlando shouldn't be going the other way and trying to get even younger and maybe looking at um, seeing what they can get for Aaron Gordon, to, you know, down the line, which sounds fucking crazy because they, you know, traded off every single, like, you know, potential all-star that they've had on their team, whether it be Victor Oladipo or uh, Tobias Harris, Um uh, and there's one other name that's escaping me at this moment. Um, but it's like now you've got this kind of youth movement going with Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba. It's like, I don't know, maybe maybe at least you should see what you could get for Aaron Gordon. Um, and Dragic, would, if you were giving him up and trying to get some even younger pieces, Dragic would not be the way to go. Um, yeah, I don't know. But I think you're right. It might be for a bench role. Um, I mean, obviously you'd be overpaying him to come off off the bench, but I mean, there's a lot of teams out there overpaying a lot of guys. If you can get a guy like Goran Dragic and that's the guy you're overpaying, then you're not doing too bad considering, you know, all of the other garbage players that are getting paid more than him. So, um, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be something to follow. I I still kind of stand pat. I'm not, I'm not sure that they're ever going to get an offer that like, that really moves them. Um, I, I just, I, I don't see it happening. Um, but you know, I've been wrong before. Uh, anyway, we got uh, about, you know, 15 minutes left. Um, just want to kind of rattle these off quickly. Now I haven't prepped mine at all. I just wanted to kind of go into this authentic, um, and just kind of, kind of wing it if you will. So I want to do, the NBA, our NBA's top 15 players, and we're going to split it up. We're going to have five guards, so it can be a point guard or a shooting guard, mainly probably point guards in this in this scenario, uh, and then uh, top five wings, and then top five bigs. So a wing can obviously be anything between like two to four, and a big can be anything in that four to five range. Um, so just to give us all a little flexibility with, you know, how we can pick and, this is positionless NBA, so this is how we're going to do it. 
Um, but Jawan, who, in no particular order, um, who are your top five guards in the NBA um, this season? Whew, okay, I'm going, and this is point guard and shooting guard, right? Yeah, you, yeah, any any okay. combo that you want. All right, five. All right, cool. Um, Kyrie, uh, Westbrook, Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm throwing my man Devin Booker in there, and yeah. I'm throwing in I'm throwing in a guy people keep sleeping on, but we'll we'll have a huge season this year. Uh, I'm feeling, and I'm throwing in John Wall, throwing in Ooh. John Wall to uh, to round it. I think he's going to have a huge year to show people he's that been were like, banged oh, up the last couple of seasons. He has. Like, and people I think have he's forgotten be about hungry him. this year. Absolutely. He's going to be hungry. And the talk last year was Wizards don't need him. Look how good they look without him. I think he's going to, he, has a, he has a point to prove this year, and he's going to have a, a really, really, really good year. So I'm sticking with, uh, with John Wall to round out my list. I think that was five. Let me know if it wasn't, but I think it that was That was five. But you, you know you oh, forgot James cool. Harden, right? Only reason I left off James Harden is because I feel as if the, the Suns can get consistent coaching. Devin Booker is going to take it up a whole nother level. And I always felt as though he had that Kobe mentality about him. Like if that guy could get on a really good team, he could make a lot of noise. I think Devin Booker is going to step up as, as that guy. And I see more value in him this upcoming season than I do Harden. I just keep seeing Harden as the guy that gets to the mountaintop and then always falls off, never stays up at the mountaintop. So until I see him get past it and get to the finals again and possibly win it, I'm going Devin Booker as the guy that's going to that's gonna really emerge this year. Interesting. Um, that That was – not 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 nearly Lowry level hate, but that was uh, that, that was some, def, some definite shade uh, throwing throw at Harden there. Um, well, I, I'm gonna get I'm gonna show some love to James. Um, I got Harden definitely on my list. Uh, I got Kyrie as well. Um, I got Steph as well. I got Russ as well. And for my fifth guy, as far as a guard. Uh, I'm going to throw in Victor Oladipo, man. That dude impressed me last season. Um, just, just really, really solid play. Uh, I, I mean, I think he, he might be the guy, um, you know, who, who can kind of be like that, that franchise's next Reggie Miller. Cause they've been looking for that kind of guy for a while. We all thought it was going to be Paul George and then, that kind of ended unceremoniously. Um, if the Pacers make the right moves, Victor Oladipo's got a long career ahead of him. He could be, he could be their guy for you know the next decade, um, and I would I would love to see that. He's from Indiana, uh, played basketball for the Indiana Hoosiers, um, so you know you got a lot of the the making there of um, you know of a guy who who would stay stay put uh, with that team. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's who I'm going to go with. Uh, I do I do have an, uh, an honorable mention of uh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, I don't think he's quite there yet, <clears throat> and I would put I would also put Devin Booker above uh, Donovan Mitchell. Um, I, I think uh, Devin I, I I expect Donovan Mitchell to have as good a season as he had last year. I expect the Suns to be better this year, and I expect Devin Booker to even kind of take that extra step this year. I'm with you in that. 
in that regard. But <clears throat> I did want to give a shout out to Donovan Mitchell because he did he did ball out last season. Um, all right, <clears throat> top five wings. Uh, for the wings. <laughs> all right, so LeBron obviously. Um, yeah. <clears throat> uh, this is difficult. Um, sorry, I thought it was gonna be Kevin Durant. Sorry. LeBron, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, um, Kawhi Leonard think he's going to have a monster year. Yeah, um, I think so, too. A lot of people consider him a guard, but to me, he's never been a guard. He's always been uh, a wing. I'm going DeMar DeRozan. Uh, okay. I think yeah. DeMar DeRozan is going to have a really, really, really monster year, especially to show everyone in Toronto what they're missing out on. Um, and working in that pop that – pop, uh, um, uh, lineup, I think he's really going to flourish in it. Um, so I got LeBron, KD, um, uh, DeRozan, Kawhi, and last, I'm going to put someone that's going to shock you because I know you're going to say I'm definitely leaving someone out, but I'm going to put it with my man. Huge shout out to Luke. I'm going to go Jason Tatum to round out my top five. Hello? 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 Well, Hello? only absolutely fitting that I temporarily lost my call as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting hey, here like, I goes, can't man. hear anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus. Okay. Well, you know, this has just been a clusterfuck of uh of 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 miss miss uh, or drop calls rather. Um okay. Absolutely. So anyway, uh DeMar DeRozan is where I lost you at. So yeah, that's your fourth one, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was saying, oh man, I got to go through this all over again. I was saying it's really going to shock you uh my my last pick, but I'm sticking with him because I think this guy is going to be a monster. Uh, I'm going Jason Tatum to round out my top five. Oh, yeah, that's that's very interesting considering you didn't p- pick uh, Giannis. Um, yeah, yeah. A little crazy. But, hey, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I, I like JT. Uh, dude's got game, and, hey, man, he worked out with Kobe Bryant this season. That's got to mean something, right? That's um, what I'm saying, man. Him getting Mamba mentality after already attacking yeah. the league and taking it by storm last year, whew, I don't know, man. That guy could be really dangerous. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, all right, I'm going to go I got your I got your same first three. Um, so that that was uh LeBron, KD, uh Kawhi, uh for sure. Giannis um would definitely be on my list. Um, I like DeMar. Uh, I, I, I think he's an awesome, awesome player. Um, I also really like the pick of Jason Tatum. Uh, but I'm going to go with my man, Paul George. I think, um, him really kind of getting, you know, getting the vibe down with, uh, Russell Westbrook in their second year together is going to be big. I think not having Mello there anymore and kind of, having that offense a little more tar- targeted at running through the two of those guys um, instead of being concerned with where's Mello and how do we get him, you know, his shots and his touches and all that kind of stuff. I think that's going to really help him out a lot. <clears throat> and I really, really hope 
that Billy Donovan like finally kind of commits to this whole notion of like staggering minutes, um, which we all said that he should have done that with Mello last year, um, you know, so he could get his touches when the other two guys were resting. Um, but the one guy that he actually seemed to do it with was Paul George because he liked to kind of have Paul George in there to um, somewhat run the offense. He didn't usually bring the ball up the court. There's somebody else bring it up. They'd dish it off to him, and then he'd play, run the offense from the top of the key. I, uh, I hope to see more of that this season um, because if you can have one of those two guys on the floor at all times, um, like that's, that makes for um, a really good kind of one-two punch. And I, I expect to see his numbers go up from last year, his just the eye test, you know, from what you just see from him uh, be improved from last year. And I also think just having Robertson back, um, so he doesn't necessarily have to guard the best player on the court, means his defensive numbers are going to go up because now he's guarding the second best player on the court, um, which, I, you know, will obviously help his numbers. He'll be able to um, improve his team defensive uh, number, like help defense numbers rather. Um, so I think all of that could um, impact Paul George having a really, really big season. So he's definitely got to be in my top five. Um, all right, uh, last category, top five bigs. I'm really interested to uh, to hear who your top five bigs are. All right, I'm going AD. Um, mm-hmm. Damn, this is hard. Um, I'm going. Well, it'd be Nurk- a lot easier no, not- if Demarcus Cousins and Kristaps Porzingis weren't fucking hurt. <laughs> yeah, it'd be super easy. That'd be my one, two, three. <laughs> so yeah, that doesn't help. <laughs> um, I'm going actually because I think I'm gonna watch this team a lot more. I'm going Jokic. That's the one from the Nuggets, right? Yep. Okay, I'm going Jokic. Um, all right, are we saying the best ones in the league or the ones where, where like, we think are going to be, like, the top ones in the league? I mean, I, I feel like that's the same thing. But, like, I, I feel like who who the guys who we feel like are going to have, you know, the, the best seasons at their respective okay. uh, sub-position, if you will. Okay, all right. So Anthony Davis. Um, mm-hmm. Shit, who did I just say? Oh, Jokic. Jokic. I'm actually gonna shock you with this one. I'm going Aaron Gordon. I've been seeing a lot of him uh, working okay. out in this off season, and I've seen a lot of good things, man. That that basketball guru that all these guys are working out with. That guy. That guy got Aaron Gordon look like a monster. Um, Aaron Gordon. I'm at three. God damn, it's not that many skilled bigs with Demarcus and Kristaps out. Um. Can I help you? Oh, Joel Embiid, duh. Thank you. Um, <laughs> duh, completely forgot. Sorry. Uh, no worries. And you know what? I'm going to go because Phoenix is my sleeper team this year. I'm going to go Aiton. I'm going to go Aiton's going to have a Ooh. really good season this year. I'm going to go Aiton to round out my, my, uh, my big list. So, you, what you, I guess Aiton, probably number one on your list for rookie of the year then? Or at least uh, maybe no. behind Kevin Knox. No, <laughs> number two on your list. <laughs> yes, number two. <laughs> okay, fair two. enough. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I just I I I 
I forgot for a second. <laughs> um, die, die hard Homer over here. Um, anyway, uh, I'm going to go um, – definitely go. got to say Embiid because uh, that's my, my dude. I love Joel Embiid. He's probably, like, arguably my favorite player in the NBA right now. Um, so, yeah, Embiid, I'm going to say after that um, – uh, definitely Anthony Davis. Uh, I'm going to throw out Andre Drummond, um, simply because, man, I, I think obviously been working on stretching his game out the past couple seasons. Um, they've said he's like kind of mastered the mid range game at this point. I'm, I'm kind of looking for him to come out just draining threes, um, this season. I think that would be uh, I'm well within the realm of possibility. Um, and I think he could come out and almost like you just – like if you're a Pistons fan, just be like, wait, Blake who? Um, yeah, like we, we this is Andre Drummond's team. This ain't Blake Griffin's team. Uh, I, I think that's a possibility this season. Um, like it, that dude has always been stout at rebounding. He's always been great inside the paint. Um, he's always been solid defensively. If he can add like shooting to his game, and we already saw the, the huge step forward in free throw shooting last season. Um, if he can put all that together, he's going to be one of the really great uh, bigs in this game. So I'm gonna. He's kind of like my sleeper pick. Um, I'm also going to say Jokic. I like Jokic a lot, um, and I'm going to round it out with my man Stephen Adams. I. Uh, I love Steven Adams. He's just he's just a big stout dude who like plays the pick and roll brilliantly. Um like probably the strongest person in the NBA. Um Jimmy Butler thinks so anyway. Um, and uh that was one of the funniest clips I've ever seen is uh somebody was talking shit about Jimmy Butler listening to country music and he said Y'all, he said, like, y'all motherfuckers went out there guarding Russ trying to dodge Steven Adams' picks all day. I got knocked on my ass three times. I'll listen to whatever fucking music I want. (laughs) Uh, And that shit was just so awesome and so Jimmy Butler. Um, But uh, but anyway, um, yeah, that's going to round out my list. Uh, Anyway, we we had a, a fun show. I don't know how great of a show it was. Um, we did have a lot of technical <laughs> difficulties uh, in this one, um, but hey, you know it happens sometimes, and we just uh, we just keep on keeping on and uh, fight through it. Um, we got an episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance coming up tomorrow night at seven o'clock, so be sure to tune in for that. Juwan, what else we got coming down the pipe? Um, well, huge news broke while we were doing the show. Captain Marvel will get its official first look from Entertainment Weekly tomorrow at noon. Um, Iron Fist Season 2 comes out this Friday. Um, and besides that, just, you know, stay tuned for Geek Vibes Live on Sunday and Top 10 on Saturday. I keep forgetting to, to plug that show. Um, but outside <laughs> of that, we have, that's pretty much all that we have as of this moment. Awesome. And uh, be sure to check out the website. Uh, we, we've got a ton of awesome articles up there. Um, our writers have just been just turning out awesome content for you guys. Uh, that's gvnation.com. Uh, again, gvnation.com. 
Uh, and I promise uh, I will get some uh, some awesome NBA think pieces up there as soon as possible. Uh, it was the start of football season, Dragon Con. It's been a crazy, crazy, crazy uh, last last week or so in, in the prep leading up to it. But I will get some content out there for you guys soon. Uh, so you can enjoy that as well. Uh, but uh, we will see you guys for another episode of Full Court Press next week. And until then, peace. Peace. All right. Thank you. Take that for data. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.